welcome you to the Watchers of the Skies program. The Watchers of the Skies is based upon a Keats poem that basically says that he felt like a watcher of the skies. Dennis, you'll recall this, that as a watcher of the skies, just by reading a new translation of Homer, it opened up a whole new world. That's what we have seen. Carlos Campo, president here at Ashland, Dennis Montecruces, my, my colleague. You've been in those classes before, Dennis, right? Yeah, I was, I was thinking we should have some shirt that says something like, uh, William Herschel is my homeboy or something like that, right? That, yeah, he... Referring to, of course, the, the poem and the discovery of, of the planet. Yes, no yes. question. And, you know, this idea of what it is we believe is fundamental, right, to learning. And this, it's the idea of wonder. And today we're going to take up what we hope is for our listeners an interesting topic, and that is, can a teacher, can a faculty member be viewpoint neutral? By the way, I think you're quoting Aristotle, right? So um, what is it? It's like it begins in awe and ends in wonder. He uh, yes. was one of many who, who made that reference. So we, we hope that's the, the, the case. I know that we have wondrous students in this uh, studio with us. Abby running the show, Ellie in the back, Michaela, Aiden, and Jason also joining us here in the JDM studios at Ashland University. If you have not come, it's not just the facilities, it's not just the great faculty members, but, but you need to meet the students. Mm -hmm. And we, we say that to prospective students who want to come, and we always say this, call and set up a tour so it's official, and then come a second time, don't set up a thing. Go to the library, to our new cafe, talk to students unannounced, and get their honest appraisal of what, what it's like mm -hmm. here at Ashland. And I think they'll agree that we're not just the world headquarters for nice people, but we're doing our best to uh, teach, our, teach our students how to think and not what to think. Is that viewpoint neutral? Maybe, maybe not. I, I would suggest, and here I go defending our slogan that we have trademarked, and what I would say is there is a way to teach a student how to think that is not viewpoint neutral. I would suggest that you can teach a student how to think and say, this is my opinion, this is how I feel, this is how my research aligns with what I am purporting in this classroom. You know, we saw just a couple of days ago that three of the preeminent Ivy League schools, their presidents were called out before Congress. And I remember, you know, one of, I think it was Harvard's president, uh, Claudine Gay, who was saying, you know, here at Harvard, we think viewpoint diversity is crucial and then one of the Congress people were pointing out, oh, wait a minute, only 2% of all of your students voted for Trump. Now, whole different story, but only 2%? So is, is that diversity? Is, and she, she refused to answer that in particular. So I, I think you know, this whole idea of viewpoint neutral, it's interesting because it was, it was Michael Drake, who's considered you know, maybe one of the superstars in higher education. Mr. Drake has had a phenomenal career of innovation, recently has taken over as, of, of the chancellor at UC schools. And he's talking to his board of trustees, and he was responding to this terrible, uh, tragic event that we're seeing now in the Israel-Hamas war, as it were, uh, in the Middle East. And you know, his concern was that many of the statements that were made by students and even some faculty in the UC system were such that they were problematic. They were problematic for uh, on a number of levels. And he said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to introduce millions of dollars to help students, faculty, and staff with these thorny issues. And he said in, in particular, he made a specific reference to that a $2 million in, of investment would be focused on better understanding anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and how to recognize and combat extremism and a viewpoint neutral history of the Middle East. So Dennis, you've been in lots of classrooms. 
both as a student and as a faculty member, is it possible possible to be viewpoint neutral? And is what you know, President Drake, uh, Chancellor Drake's calling for, is it is it something we should strive for in, in a classroom? Yeah, it's really hard to to know what that would even mean, mm. um, to be honest. So, I, I mean, it's it's hard in general. It's probably harder in history. Mm. Um, you mean when you're teaching history? No, no, I'm saying just to, 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 to even come up with a, a sen- any sense of what viewpoint neutral means. Um, for instance, does that mean just presenting facts? Right. Okay, if it does, then which facts, right? Sure. So, you know, history is one is written by the winners, as they say, because sure. in, in part because they can destroy all the documents of the losing side, right? Certainly right. in ancient history. So there are a lot of events that we know of only through the side that, that, that won. Right, so that's that's an issue. Is it objective? Right, so does does viewpoint neutrality mean that you don't, let's say, take a side between, you know, Hitler versus countries that he invaded, right, versus Jews? I mean, is that is that what it means to be neutral, or does it mean you just say, well, in 1933 Hitler was elected, in 1934 blah blah blah, in 1938 he invaded Czechoslovakia, in 19 right? I mean, that's right. that's not doing history. No, I mean that's it's just. Not. Right, that, that's kind that of a parody out. of history, yeah, right? It's right. just, oh, i got to memorize a bunch of, you know, names and dates. Sure. I mean, what historians are doing is, is trying to give some, some kind of narrative that, that's explanatory, that's explaining motivations and, and things of that sort. So it can't just be giving a bunch of facts, but also if you have pure moral equivalence, that seems, if you, if you state moral equivalence when there isn't a moral equivalence there in the first place, right. that's not being neutral. So what exactly does this mean? I mean, how do you, how do you, um, if, let's say if one side or the other is, is more to blame, or, you know, different sides are to blame, uh, that's okay, but, you know, if one side is more to blame than the other, does being viewpoint neutral mean saying that, no, they're equally wrong, or, you know, just abstaining from any kind of moral assessment whatsoever? So it's, it sounds good, right? I mean, you're trying to avoid putting your finger on the scale when you've got your own view. Yes. Right. But if one side is more to blame than the other, right? I mean, if you're being objective in the sense of, uh, so objectivity, right? Another problem. Objectivity can have two senses, right? Mm-hmm. So objectivity can mean you're just referring to what is, or do you mean that you're, you're, you're being neutral, you're avoiding any kind of value judgments whatsoever. Right. And those two things can be in conflict, right? If, if the objective truth of the matter is that this side is to blame, well, then you shouldn't be, you shouldn't make a morally neutral statement about it. Right. Objectivity, and I think the relevant and more important sense would be to say, yeah, these guys were to blame in this particular case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how, how exactly is this supposed to work? Right. We often have used this example of rose-colored glasses. I think we've had this discussion as well, right? So if I say to you, you know what, Dennis sees the world through rose-colored glasses, what am I saying about you? Saying that I, I put a, a positive, a morally and let's say emotionally positive tinge on everything that I evaluate. Right. So are you then not objective? Right. Well, exactly. That's the right. thing. I mean, so if, if this objective way of viewing the world is right, I mean, let, let's take, you know, we're, we're Christians, right? So we think we, we have a certain, we, we may disagree on the particulars, but we're going to have a certain view about um, history and the direction and about God's providence that's going to lead us to evaluate things in a different way than someone who is not a Christian, right? Even if they're a religious believer of another sort, right? They may not have the same kind of view of God's superintendence of the world and that there's going to be ultimately some kind of reconciliation and, and justice being, 
being meted out. So, you know, is that not objective? Well, mm. if Christianity is true, that is objective. Mm. But again, there's this conflict, right? So we're we're still imposing our grid, our, our way of seeing things on on how we evaluate the world. But if that's the truth, then that is objective. So, and every everyone is going to say that, right? So I mean, you have professors who, let's say, to their best to the best of their ability, have thought about the 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 let's say the political situation between Palestine and Israel, and they may think, well, the Palestinians have a better case, mm -hmm. or they may think Israel has a better case, mm -hmm. and so on. And if that's the result of their, their honest efforts to, to look at the evidence, to look at the historical documents and reflect on this morally and historically and so on, then, you know, there, it would be wrong as a matter of academic freedom, and it's forcing them to be, let's say, dishonest, to, to say that, well, no, it's, you know, I, I have to say that both sides are equally at fault or just to avoid moral judgments. Well, that's really good because you're tapping into some of the objections that the faculty, you know, wrote an open letter in response uh, to the chancellor's remarks. And they were saying, you know, wait a minute, what does this mean? And how do you get to that place of neutrality? According to whom? You know, right. even, even my statement about rose-colored glasses, that's biased statement, right? That sure. reflects my own, I'm right. making a judgment That's about right. about your view. Well, who says that they're, I'm, this isn't rose colored. I'm not being optimistic. This right. is the reality, not just mm -hmm. my reality. I know that we've often talked about what a great goal it would be of education to help students see the world more clearly, right? I think that's one of the things that we're truly about. We want the, the student, we want students to see the world more clearly. And it's hard because it's blurred in our own view, right? So we already admit in humility and academic humility that we don't have it perfect, but we do our best to express what we think. You know, this is, this is real. This is uh, what the world is all about. You know, th these faculty, and I'm looking at this open letter that they, they wrote and they were, you know, very concerned uh, about adopting this, this view. Uh, and, you know, one of the things they say was that we believe, they believe that California was a liberal bubble, and they make specific reference to Florida and what's happened there, something that we've discussed in the past as well. So here we see, interestingly, a California chancellor basically saying we're, his concern, I mean, if he's saying it's viewpoint neutral, he's already admitting that he thinks they're not that now. I, I know that I've talked to students here that have taken think, classes like contemporary topics in philosophy, and they've said, I'm so frustrated by this faculty member because I can't figure out where she or he stands on abortion or evolution or, you know, you name uh, the topic, you know, CRT, the list goes on and on. Uh, even as they say, well, what, what's your religious persuasion and background? And faculty members are loath to share those kinds of things. And I'm, I'm proud when I hear that. But I still agree with you, Dennis, that a student shouldn't feel threatened in right. any right in any regard, philosophically or otherwise, in a classroom, and they should be able to push back uh, to a professor and say, "Well, wait a minute, you know, when you took that stand or you you made that statement, that's your opinion, right?" And so let me push back and 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 see more. So I do think that while faculty raised this concern, the answer that the chancellor said was, "These are voluntary, right? So no one's required." to take these classes, uh, but he said they would be supportive, but also preventive, right? This idea that somehow the work they would be doing would be preventive, and that was another triggering mechanism for some faculty who thought that the, the president, again, was dipping into areas that he, he shouldn't be talking about. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's difficult. Um, it's funny, so you, you, you um, referred to that you, you like when, when students say, I can't tell what the professor is saying, and one of the professors in, in the article said the same thing, right, that, um, that, that the students don't know. And I'm, I'm less, I, I like that less than right, you do. Right, um, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm a fan of that. You and, want a professor to profess. That's right. Mm -hmm. well, well, two things. One is that I want a professor to profess. Second is that, again, this goes to this neutral, this neutral business. Um, if the student can't tell, it's often because views are presented as being on a par with each other. But if the views aren't on a par with each other, right? I mean, students are learning. And so it's okay for them to know, well, you know, the, the people who have thought about this for a long time think, well, this is probably the case, right? Or this, this seems to us to have a to be, uh, have a stronger point of view. Now, you should consider it, right? And here are the arguments right. for both sides. So you're presenting the other side as well as you can. But I think also part of being a professor is to, to kind of say, well, you know, here's, here's where things stand. So it doesn't mean that the professor necessarily has to say, well, here's what I think. Mm -hmm. but, but they should, again, especially on controversial issues that are of, of real importance. Yes. Um, students shouldn't think, well, gosh, all these views are, you know, just, Everyone, you know, this guy thinks that, that she thinks this, and right. who knows. And, and another part of the problem with that, in my view, is that, and, and this I've, I've had the experience of with, in teaching philosophy courses, is that sometimes students think, well, you know, th at first they're kind of interested, and then they get to a point where they think, well, who knows, you know, why, why bother, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, all these, all these people differ, and so let's, let's go into the sciences where I can get to something that's, that's real truth, that's hard truth as opposed to just, well, that person thinks It's all this. true, that's just an opinion, yeah, there are right. no it's facts. Just, right, exactly. So, so I think that's another problem with it, is that it can lead to this kind of despair and skepticism. Well, I know that one of the professors was talking about the fact that she can't escape, one, that she lived through it, so she lived in Palestine for a time, mm -hmm. two, her own research. And so again, it seems as though she would be of a mind that, you know, Israel is a colonialist place and you know as such uh, they in some ways uh, deserved that's my word not her word deserved October 7th to occur you know and I would suggest that when I talk to students while they appreciate and I, I guess to clarify what I was trying to say earlier they appreciate it when a, a professor doesn't overtly state their position in ways that doesn't relate to the material and what I'm proud of is when a professor intentionally does it because they want the student to look at the issues and not be swayed simply right. based on, you know. No, that's right. Yeah, you they, don't want them to just say, oh, well, the professor likes this. So and I like him yeah. or her. That's right. right. And so, yeah, and right. I, my writing would reflect it. But, you know, but I, I didn't want to, to miss what I thought was actually in a very contentious environment and situation. When you looked at some of the comments, I thought they were really balanced. So this is James Steintrager. He's the chair of the system-wide academic senate. He says, you know, my ears perked up when I heard viewpoint neutral. and I wasn't clear about wh what Dr. Drake meant by the term. I don't think, he says, quoting, it's that unusual for the administration to mark out topics of interest for the campus and provide some funding and create programs. Uh, but 
uh, that the programming would want to maximally involve the faculty, but he added that Dr. Drake had, quote, good intentions, including improving campus climate, increasing understanding of Middle East history, but the president used some terms that, quote, meant to be innocent or even helpful that have raised concerns. I hope that the good intentions can both be recognized and salvaged, but certainly in a way that satisfies my colleagues uh, that academic freedom is safeguarded. You know, I, I thought that was a very balanced mm -hmm. view, gave the chancellor some credit there, you know, even making uh, he had good intentions. Right. And to assume that first, I thought was yeah. really, right? I thought that was really balanced. And, you know, the... Uh, the further I idea is, you know, how will these be used? And one of the points that was made was we have really skilled people in the UC system who know Middle East history so well. Why don't we ask them first? Why don't we talk to them first? And I think, you know, this is another one of those shared governance issues that aren't easy uh, to work through. He's there, has a deadline with the Board of Trustees, wants to do something positive. So I, I, my hope is that before this is all said and done, that you know, this, this will provide some, some balance uh, on that campus. Right, I, I mean, I think this will go, th this will touch in some ways on our next topic. Yes. Where we discuss the, 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 the three professors, or three presidents who were before Congress. And they're trying to appeal to multiple constituencies, of course. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, on the one hand, I mean, so I, I assume what, what, what Drake is worried about is, of course, that, that while, of course, the, the, the professors all have a tremendous amount of competence, still, if they're all kind of leaning in the same direction, um, and the vast majority of the country is not necessarily leaning in that same direction, they want to avoid being called up yes. just as, as Claudine Gay and the rest were. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a good thing, but I also think that there's that. That's, Could be some other motivations. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's all right. But I mean, but part but, of the yeah, job, right? right. But, and I think that's almost certainly part of the story, is to try to maybe both out of conviction and out of a little bit of covering himself to you know say, hey, you know, we are we are presenting both sides of this. It's not just everyone is pro-Palestinian mm -hmm. on on our faculties in our faculties in the UC system. So, I mean, I think that's, that is part of it, but... No, I think you, I mean, you make a great yeah. point. I, I, we both know that, I think just a day ago or two days ago, that donor who had threatened to withhold a $100 million gift right. to the University of Penn has followed through with that threat. Mm -hmm. He basically said, because of uh, President McGill's comments, that he now has with, withheld that gift. Sure. So there are real-life consequences for not having, at least, if not viewpoint neutrality, which I think we both agree is probably impossible, but at least balance. And, right. I, and I, I do think that if there is a healthy outcome to part of this discussion is to point out that viewpoint diversity has not been hailed as one of the hallmarks of academic diversity overall, right? We talk about ethnic diversity and other, right. uh, certainly, you know, sexual orientation and other elements, but not this so much. So I think that's a healthy byproduct. Maybe you agree if you're listening in or watching on AUTV20. We invite you to write to us at president at ashland.edu, and we invite you back to the Watchers of the Skies program. We'll see you here next time. Please join us on the Watchers of the Skies. Have a great day.